delighted to be joined now by Hannah and Jill, who are Colour Theory. Hello, both. Hello. <laughs> how are you? I'm very well, thanks. I'll ask you first, Hannah, how did Colour Theory come about? Well, Jill and I's um, friendship began quite a few years ago now. Was it 2016? Yeah, that's right. 2016, I had just released an album, um, sorry, an EP, a solo EP, and I was looking for people to sort of play with and gig with, and I met Jill at a mutual friend's party, and I was instantly like, you're the gal. And uh, we just got on really well and vibed, and then we I, obviously I found out that Jill was you know, working with lots of different musos and that played played piano and stuff like that. So we hit it off. We've been like best pals ever since. But the actual colour theory sort of project has actually only been running for a couple of years. Um, and we basically, as friends during lockdown, decided to make an album. And, and then we started, you know, start, things started rolling. We, we, we realised actually we've got enough songs for an album. So we'll we'll, we'll get a wee band name together and have it as a sort of collective for the future if anyone wants to join and it's grown and grown and grown. So yeah, Colour Theory came about essentially two years ago. Yeah. Officially. But our friendship's been going for a solid, solid few years now. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of started, we were both key workers during the pandemic. So uh-huh. Hannah was in a show called Pride and Prejudice Sort Of that was on tour. Um, and they've won an Olivia Award now, which I tell everybody who will listen because I'm really proud of them. You're very sweet. <laughs> and um, they were on tour and they were in Southampton doing their 100th show of the play when um, lockdown was announced. Oh, wow. At that point, we didn't know if the border was going to shut, um, so they all boosted home. And I was working in the NHS at the time, um, so Hannah became a greengrocer um, and over 18 months worked in uh, zucchinis and Pollock Shields um, on and off um, feeding the community and uh, I was working in the hospital. So it was a really dark time and I think to keep ourselves going, uh, yeah. we sent each other little voice notes uh, to keep our spirits up, but the voice notes kind of turned into little tunes and then we um, kind of started using GarageBand on our laptops and then uh, it kind of built from there where eventually um, we just started layering things up, sending yeah. files to one another, just as little presents to one another to keep each other going. And then the album kind of grew really naturally. Oh, quite organically, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We always knew we wanted to make music together, but we didn't have a sort of set goal set out Um but then as we sort of went through the, this time where we were both doing these intense jobs, we sort of thought, actually, we do have, like, a voice and a, a sort of common theme across the voice notes that we were sending, and that's when we started to stitch something together. But none of us thought, neither of us thought that we would be sat here doing interviews and having our music played on BBC Introducing and all that. So. And talking to you today. So, yeah, yeah we're just thrilled. And um, I think... Uh, yeah, it was at a time where we didn't know if gigs would ever happen again. Um, yeah. So the the music was just initially for ourselves. I, um, I think we were both the same. Yeah. I'd get home from like a 12-hour shift and uh, and uh, we'd taken uh, apple boxes from zucchinis 
and soundproofed cupboards and would use like pillows and quilts and that cupboard that there. cupboard there is where <laughs> the record was made if yeah. not more actually yeah. we did a lot of work in this room most of that yeah. most of the record was probably made in this room actually yeah right. yeah um so uh, and Hannah had a tiny attic space in her flat that she would crawl into. You can't stand up in it. You have to sit cross-legged. So I could only do two hours max before my legs felt like you were going to fall off. Um, so we'd come home after like a twelve-hour shift and just sing our hearts out, um, yeah. and uh, it was just yeah, it was just really soothing for it for for us. Um, and so it was kind of for ourselves for each other. Yeah, and then. Now we're just absolutely thrilled that we get to share it with people, and we we hope it kind of gives them comfort as well because um, we've all been through this, and it's such a universal experience. We've all lost something or someone, and uh, I think a little piece of ourselves, and we uh, we kind of it's just amazing to be back as a community, and um, you know, kind of rebuilding things. Mm-hmm. So, and you mentioned that there's. Uh, it- there's a kind of theme. Is the theme related to experiences of lockdown and COVID and all of that? It's more of a sort of, I mean, there are links, but it's not a sad album in any way, but Mm. it's certainly reflective and quite nostalgic. Like I wrote a, a love song, but yeah, it's a lockdown love song. So the lyrics are slightly different to maybe love that you would have in the middle of the summer, you know, uh, with all those sort of like old tropes, you know, that you hear. It's more like the realness of love within my experience that I had mm-hmm. uh, with my partner. So it's like, yeah, I guess it is related, but it's not, you know, we, we'd really try to, to reflect our experiences, but also have a lot of hope as well. So there's some upbeat songs and, um, but there is a few that are specifically related to Jill's experience with um, working in the ICU. But um, yeah, yeah, I think there's a there's a there's a definite arc because we wrote it at the time. Mm-hmm. It was what we were feeling at the time. Yeah. So at the start, it's more, um, uh, I guess, yeah, <laughs> kind of like the grief cycle kind of where it's hopeful at the yeah. end. <laughs> at the beginning, we were in the thick of it. Um, there's one song, I'm Too Tired, that I wrote after a series of night shifts. I think I'd just come off of a 90-hour week and I was absolutely exhausted. And um, it was peak lockdown. Right. So for that one, we felt like the uh, the bird song was um, kind of the, the soundtrack to our pandemic at that yeah. time. Uh, and... Uh, Hannah and I would like send each other little videos of nature if we'd been out on our walks and you know there was a there was a river or the leaves or a nice sky or something we would send each other those along with our voice notes and our whatsapp messages and um so I had wanted to capture the bird song it was so still and so quiet Mm. um and it was something that was really beautiful so at that point we hadn't decided officially we were going to make it an album or mm-hmm. make it a record. Uh, so we hadn't got any kit at that point. Yeah. So I just had GarageBand on my laptop. I sang directly <laughs> into the laptop and we used that that vocal on the on the record mm-hmm. um, yeah. because it was just so raw and it, and, and it was so reflective of yeah. what, what 
you know, what we were feeling at the time. And I, I leaned out my window to record the bird song because <laughs> I'd already had my half an hour walk by that point and I wasn't allowed outside again. <laughs> so uh, I think to, then towards the end, it's like looking towards like what will the new normal be yeah. and <laughs> looking forward to and that kind of yearning for connection again and the fact that there was hope that we would all be together mm-hmm. and... Um, and uh, yeah, there's a ly- lyric in um, in breathe. Uh, no, sorry, brain bath, which is uh, one of our songs at the end of the album. And the, one of the lyrics is, "I have a friend now; she's holding me." So it's like, yeah, there's a lot of hope towards the end, and actually, there's connection throughout the whole of the album between us two, and you can sort of see it grow as the album goes on, which is really nice. Um, and to kind of reflect that brain bath, that's a really good point. Actually, has that arc in itself, so right. we. We used the voice notes that we used to keep in touch with one another um, throughout that kind of two-year period. So you can hear it at the the start, um, you know, we're checking in on each other and making sure we're all right. And then towards the end, we're talking about, you know, amazing female musicians that we've just seen and, uh, and, um, you know, gigs we've been to and uh, exciting things happening in our lives. So even within that song, I think it kind of ties the whole... Yeah. Break her together, because um, yeah. you can really see the journey. Um, yeah, yeah. So you had to uh, write, actually write it in the bath. <laughs> no, no, Jill did actually write that song in the bath. So. <laughs> it does what it says in the tin. Our visions of a very dangerous laptop in the bath. <laughs> it was all in her head. Yeah. <laughs> She's like Mozart. Um. So, w- when did you decide that these voice notes and the things that you've been saying to each other? you're going to add music to them because was it one person's idea to go that these are these are the basics of songs as well that was our idea so um the brain bath i had just been uh, yeah i'd had a long bath and then i just had a play on the piano um i was uh, i just had a lot on my mind yeah um and that really helped uh, to kind of process everything. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Um, I can't remember. Did I say something about? I'd sent it to my partner Colin, and he'd said, "What's that? It's amazing." And I was like, "Oh, it was just like a, an improv I did this morning." And he was like, "No way! Um, you have to send that to Hannah." So I sent it to <laughs> Hannah, and I was like, "Oh, I just did this thing. Hopefully, it'll be soothing for you on a Sunday morning. It's a brain bath." And then <laughs> Hannah had said, "Oh, this would sound amazing with." with like some spoken word on it. Mm. And um, both of us had been involved in uh, getting PPE for the front line at the start of the pandemic. Uh, so mm-hmm. Hannah had helped me set up a charity and we'd done a lot of campaigning to get proper PPE for healthcare workers and social care workers. And I had uh, spoken on BBC Debate Night about that. And Hannah had said, you should put your debate night speech on it. Yeah, It sounds amazing. And I was like, that's quite intense. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I put it backwards. <laughs> so I put it backwards and I put right. that in. Um, and then ha- Hannah and I had sent such long voice notes to each other that Hannah had one that was about 10 or 15 minutes long. So I put that backwards as well to match. But then I was just, you know, going through all the voice notes mm. and 
there was just so Some many nice stuff yeah. really beautiful memories um we listened to it back the other day while we were we were trying to rehearse how to gig is our song that we've written um and we we realized that um it's almost like a little you know blue peter remember the time capsules yes, it's like huh? that it's like yeah. it's like a little vocal time capsule of our friendship and our experience over, over the, the pandemic and years, every I time I listen to that I get really emotional because it's like we are trying to move on things aren't great in Britain right now it's pretty awful but we're trying to move on and there is a bit more communi- connect- connectivity again yeah um, and when you listen back to how you were you know, it's hard to remember. You look back with rose-tinted glasses, but if you've actually got the vocal evidence of how you were feeling day by day, it's quite moving sometimes when you hear it back. And obviously we've selected specific ones um, that are quite positive and hopeful. Mm-hmm. And people have said that they find it quite relatable. I think um, key workers in particular for I'm Too Tired have said that they really identify with it because they know exactly how it feels. And uh, I know someone else who's a frontline NHS worker and um, she says it's now a bedtime song Aww, for her. That's cute. <laughs> so attached by, so yeah. they've got dance moves apparently as well. <laughs> Should I have even told you that yet? She was telling me like the other night. So, um, which is so sweet. And uh, and um, Hannah's partner is a, is a teacher, so she really identified with yeah. that as well. I think because we've all been through it together, then mm. everybody knows what it feels like. So yeah. these songs are kind of what everybody's been through yeah but uh but they are optimistic towards yeah. the end <laughs> it's not all doom and gloomy promise <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be launching the album at the glad cafe on the 20th of january how's the live what should people expect from color theory when they play live Loads of harmonies, um, <laughs> lots of evidence of hard work. <laughs> now we've we've spent hours looking at how to because Jill Jill sort of a lot of Jill songs are like five part harmony. I think my one recently is about four. Yeah, most of them are. There's at least three harmonies within it, but mm-hmm. I'd I'd say mainly five on most. And there's always wee cheeky bits here and there. We're like, oh, how are we gonna how are we gonna get that? And so we've brought this um our our friend, well your friend. Uh, he's now my friend Nico uh-huh. Den- Denman. Is that how you say second name? Yeah, Denman. And um, she, she is amazing. And she's brought in a really strong third harmony voice that we've been working on to get the core of the sort of three part harmony there for the gigs. Mm-hmm. And then we're adding on all the extra stuff. So Jill and I have brought in different people we know who are musicians who can add instrumentation and also some extra harmonies if we need. Because it is, it is quite complex, especially your songs. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> how are we going to achieve this? So poor, it's a bit of a challenge, but we're getting there. <laughs> poor Nico, um, we were like, oh, can you come and uh, do vocals for us? And at one point she's singing, playing a tambourine and a drum. <laughs> yeah. She was like, might as well be like a one-woman band. But, uh, yeah, Nico and I were in a band called Blockestra together. Right. And so I was based at Bar Block on Bath Street, and I think I joined that in, like, 2009. And uh, the idea was it was, like, an orchestra of the people, um, and uh, there were some professional musicians. um, Louis Abbott from Admiral Fallow, he ran it. Oh, nice. Uh, And then there was about 30 people at, at one point, 
and there'd be people who were professional musicians and would like write original songs for the group but there would also be uh, like people who could only play a G uh, yeah. and they would work on their ukulele <laughs> so Nico and I were in that and then uh Pedro Cameron from Man of the Mint, he mm. plays fiddle and he's in the the full the full band for the launch. Right. Um, and I'm really excited. Uh, so Pedro and I were at uh, were both uh, we grew up, I was in Forfar and he was in Dundee. So we met through like friends of friends. Um and actually he came to join my emo band. <laughs> <laughs> So the music's still online, guys. <laughs> oh, excellent. Check that out. So I think that was when I was about 15. Um, and Pedro was brought along to a gig that we were playing at our local youth club um, because our guitarist had met him at a party and they'd been jamming the night before. But he just came along to sound check mm. and Mitch was like, oh, this is... Uh, this is Pedro. He's gonna um, he's gonna play with us tonight, and we were all a bit like, okay. uh, we haven't had a practice. <laughs> and then in soundcheck, he just improvised yeah. and was absolutely incredible. So he was in our band since then. And then when he had moved to Glasgow, I invited him along to Blockestra, right. um, and then we'd played session musician together in Broken Chanter. Um, uh, David needed a fiddle player, and I was like, oh my best pal Pedro is incredible, um, and then. I, I sang on Man of the Mint record, so it was just an absolute joy to have him come and play on ours. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Ruth Campbell. Uh, we were in Skinny Dipper together. Mm -hmm. uh, Ruth, an incredible cellist, um, and she used to be in a band called Aerials Up. Uh, she helped me with the string arrangements um, because I'm a beginner on the fiddle. So on the record, um, there's fiddle and cello. All the fiddle is me kind of scratching at, <laughs> scratching like a wailing cat. <laughs> and then on mist, it's Ruth and she loves a good harmony as well. So yeah. in the cupboard, she kind of built up an eight-part cello part, <laughs> which is incredible. Which is wonderful. But then when you go to, to yeah, play it live, then one, it becomes a bit confusing. So then... Mm. Uh, Ali plays the trumpet um, and Hannah plays the trumpet so um, when Hannah is singing and can't play the trumpet, Ali does and then right. when Hannah's not singing in the tunes they play in harmony yeah. um, so Ali and I were in Skinny Dipper together as well uh, and Ali plays session for loads of different bands like uh, some ska bands and she's in Randolph's Leap mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and then yeah. your best pal Tina yeah, I was doing the show that I was doing when the lockdown hit, uh, Pride and Prejudice. My friend Tina was in it, and uh, so she plays the harp, the clarsac, and the cello, and she sings and plays piano. She does everything really. So we wanted her involved as well as an extra cellist, and she plays the clarsac on Communication of Love, which she's played. So yeah, yeah it's she's a, got a gorgeous voice. Yeah, it's just nice to have friends, uh, you know. Work, working with you and making your music better as well like <laughs> making your music more full of magic yeah yeah there's a there, it's yeah we just like brought loved ones in um when lockdown opened enough that we were allowed people in our houses finally um then we got Ruth in and Pedro and and uh, and yeah. Tina uh, into recording here um so yeah it's just been a project of uh, of love and uh, a lot of self-discovery and mm -hmm. we learned so much so yeah. we 
all of the recording ourselves. Um, almost all of it. Yeah. Um, Jill learned oh, yeah. the mix. Your pal Steve did Baran okay. uh, remotely and then sent us the files and we mixed that in. My pal Steve McCourt, he's an actor and he's in uh, the West End at the moment and I was like, have you got any time to put down some Baran? And he was like, yeah, yeah, give me like two days. <laughs> he was like in the middle of a tech rehearsal and he was like, yeah, cool. And then he just like, I think he went home and did it in his cupboard as well and sent it over within a couple of days and I was just like, you're a legend. So sadly he won't be, I don't think he'll be at the gig because he's busy, but... It just, you know, it's just been such a connection. It's yeah. kind yeah. of, yeah. And then the photography, um, my best pal, Oshin, lives just across the road. Um, and he'd kind of taken up photography. <laughs> Are you waving at us? You know what government feels like. <laughs> we would wave to each other <laughs> from our windows and flash our lights on and off to say hi. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Osh um, took pictures in Queen's Park. Uh, after work we some days we would meet for a juice and a walk um Uh so we kind of recreated that vibe um and that kind of feeling um over the last couple of years where everything is kind of you know everything's normal but nothing's normal Mm -hmm. Um, so he'd use a kind of pink uh, purple film um and we just goofed about uh, our main press picture we were hiding in the bushes as a joke <laughs> and, um, we looked really serious and then he took a picture and actually we loved it we thought yeah, that's now the iconic one that we use um, <laughs> the one we use um so and he took some snaps outside nx they were the first place that gave us uh ppe donations um so that that's like a hardware shop uh, that's mm-hmm. on our street um and uh, they gave us 100 pairs of goggles for our nurses mm-hmm. um, that I took to my night shift uh, they were incredible so um so that was kind of reflected in the in the press photos yeah. and then Hannah's pal Seb uh, do you want to tell him about Seb yeah Seb um Sebastian he is uh an art an illustrator in Paris my brother lives in Paris so he's a friend of my brother's and every time I go over to see my brother I'll see him and he has always said let's you know he's got a real fond fondness for Scotland so um he comes across over quite a lot and uh we always said one day we would sort of do something together and then when we had the opportunity to make some artwork for the album and make it into a thing he was like yeah I'm up for it so He's drawn these beautiful illustrations that we've used for each of our singles so far. And it's also the, the album cover, which we'll release soon, because I don't think it's out there yet. Oh, so yeah. Probably do that this week or whatever. And he'd sent us pencil drawings initially and with the ideas of making them into oil paintings. But with the DIY vibe of the record, um, the pencil drawings were just stunning and yeah, perfect. Um, so Edgy. I guess it was like a way of us finding community at a time when it was really difficult to find that um, and you yeah. know uh, we get such a sense of like identity from music um, so it was kind of like finding ourselves in that again Yeah. Um, and we got so much help from different people Carla J. Easton was absolutely amazing um, giving advice because I was just like how, how do you put out a record like how did you do a pack? I've got no idea. Mm. So she was so helpful and supportive. And Kieran Heather, um, I'd played session with Kieran um, in A. Wesley Chung's band. Um, mm-hmm. 
And Kieran had uh, done an absolutely incredible job of producing Wesley's album, Portents. Um, and uh, so he'd mixed two of the songs on this record and played some synth on it. Um, and he helped me learn to mix. Um, so he would, whilst we were mixing, he would explain exactly what he was doing. And then he would kind of mentor mm. me. So I would send him tracks and he would give me notes. And then and then lots of your theatre pals as well. So energy yeah. and and then people had given us advice about what mics to buy. And yeah. we had a little Zoom tutorial from uh, one of the sound engineers that Hannah had been on tour yeah. with about how to record, yeah. um, which was super it's, useful. It's that thing, Ali, of like, like, you know, what, a lot a lot of the time women can be quite, um, well, it's, it's imposter syndrome. It's also just mm-hmm. like fear of, if you don't see it, it's hard to believe that you can do it too. And I think with, in terms of sound and engineering, like, you know, that well, in my industry, there's definitely, it's more male dominated than it is yeah. women. So um, we were keen to try, try ourselves. And um, Jill has this amazing creative brain and also this incredibly logical brain as well with her work through surgery and so I knew that you'd be able to do it and she she self-taught and did a few courses and she's like mixed you know how many songs did you mix four Four of the songs on the album are mixed by Jill and the rest are done obviously professionally from our our friends Callum Patterson and Kieran Heather Mm -hmm. and it's like I'm just really proud of you for for doing it because I think it's great to challenge yourself and learn new new stuff. And if if you don't get the opportunity to do it, then yeah, teach yourself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's so wonderful that this kind of very intimate, private beginning of these voice notes and everything has grown, as you've just explained, into not just doing it together, but including so many other people as well. And I think it's a, a great example of um, hope and positivity moving forward. Mm-hmm. You no, know, like we didn't know if you go back to that uh, uh, the lockdown, deepest, darkest lockdown. We weren't sure what was going to happen, but to have something that yeah. has said, "Yeah, this is this is moving forward," and it's constantly moving forward. You know, while still remembering what those times are like. It's quite incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it really did serve that for us. It did. So, it yeah. did, and the the reason I think why we managed to get to where it is now is that <clears throat> at no point did we put any pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. to like um, have have a, a a go like a there was no um, expectation. So it was like this is what we're doing. We're sharing with each other. We want to make something good, and that was about it. And uh, through that, we've connected with loads of different people. And actually what we've got, we're really proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the gig on the 20th, as much as it's really exciting and to, wonderful to have, you know, people coming along and we were in the skinny this week and stuff. It's like what we're really proud of is the fact that we've actually just shared this experience mm. and we have something to show for that, which is really beautiful. And then being able to share it with people in real yeah. life, absolute joy. Yeah, because you didn't know when that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it feels really special. And yeah because we'd layered it up by ourselves in cupboards so you know it was a five-part harmony but it was like all us <laughs> and then the drum I didn't have a drum during lockdown so I used a paper punch on a table um, right. and put lots of reverb on it <laughs> what did so, you use for the clip the the tiktok did you No, that that was that clock there's a clock oh, that yeah. kicks, um at the end of a pol- our song apologies 
and I'd stood on a ladder and held it next to that clock. Yeah, I mean, it's Raj. <laughs> but, um, yeah, now actually in rehearsals, um, we're hearing the songs live for the first ever time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that it's is overwhelming, so actually. The other day, you know, because so we wrote them like two years ago, some of them. Yeah. Actually, some of the, the more intense ones, it's like you hear the harmonies come to life for the first time when you rehearse them. And it's like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> it's so exciting, yeah. And I think the fact that we started remotely put us in really good stead. Um, Hannah was away on tour with her show uh, for a few months, but we were so used to being remote that yeah. we just continued working. And it's, I think uh, we took two years to do the record, but there's been uh, there's been so many other things going on. So, yeah, yeah I think we're just proud that... Uh, that we finished it and yeah. it's just a joy that we've got so many loved ones to share it with now. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it sounds like it'll be a really special night for all of, of those reasons. Can you tell us a little bit about the Worker Stories project as well? Because you sent me a link to that and it looks fascinating. Yeah, it's a really great project. Um, it was actually my friend Oshin who did the, the pictures for us. Um, he's doing a PhD in South American Human Rights Film Festivals at the moment right. at Glasgow Uni. Um, and one of his PhD friends, um, she was one of the key volunteers in the Worker Stories project. So I think her PhD program was derailed because mm. of lockdown. So she pivoted, and I think, I think I'm right in saying that this is part of her um, PhD. Yeah. Um, so it, uh, her name's Ruth Gilbert, and she'd uh, said to Osh that she'd be really interested in hearing our story. So it's an archive of um, of stories uh, from people who were working during the pandemic. Um, so it's just anybody who wasn't on furlough was welcome to uh, to submit their mm -hmm. kind of worker story from from that time. And they've been archived in the National Library of Scotland, um, which I think is great. Again, it's the kind of time capsule idea. Yeah. Um, and that it captures that moment and the reality of what it was like for people. Mm. Um I know they had said uh, about previous kind of pandemics that because everyone's so traumatized, nobody documents. Yeah, nobody documents anything, and then um, and then people can't learn in the future. Um, yeah. So I think the idea was just to capture what it was actually like for real people mm -hmm. in in those situations, and uh, we submitted our story, and um, we submitted "I'm Too Tired," mm -hmm. um, our single. Um, so it's been archived. I think the the archiving is is ongoing. Um, yeah, but we we were just really grateful to them for a. Uh, for documenting people's stories, and I think it's a great project. Yeah. Uh, so we were chuffed a bit to be involved. And it sounds that Waves itself is almost like that. It's a documentation, in term, a very intimate and, and personal one, but, it, you know, it's something that, as, as you've maybe hinted at, that other people will um, be able to, uh, you know, other people will be able to understand because they've been through it themselves. We hope so. We hope so, yeah. Yeah, we uh, hope it brings people some comfort because yeah. that's what it did for us. Yeah. It's a good one to listen to with a nice cup of tea in the bath, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I'm understanding here is baths and cupboards are very important. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that that's our meditation space. Oh man. <laughs> So much time in cupboards. Well, when the theatre shut, the only other work I could do, you know, if the, I mean, it was, it was scraps, Ali, it was scraps of work, but it was, you know, radio or uh, like wee voicey things. So I had to find a way to record from home in some capacity. Um, so, you know, that aided that as well. Mm. But ultimately, yeah, it was 18, did you say months? Yeah, 18 months, months of working in a, in a greengrocer's. Um, so yeah, a lot of time in the cupboard spent making little bits of music when when the shifts were finished, um, and now I have a newfound love for veg and fruit, which <laughs> so I'm a bit healthier now. It's great. Um, but I mean, we could we probably could have made more music, but I think in the end, when we got to nine, we were like, this is a nice. The story was arced, and it felt yeah. like it come full circle, and we wanted to kind of. Put, you know and things have opened up again I'm back at work and Jill's been busy and it's just like you know we need we wanted to you know we wanted to get playing yeah we wanted to get playing <laughs> yeah. and that's what we've been doing we've got this gig at the Glads which we're super excited about and then we're going to be playing in Letham as well next month um at Letham Nights which is always a great night so so that's something to look forward to as well I was going to ask, are you going to play other live gigs aside from the two that you've mentioned is there any plans for that? We have plans for um, one of our friends, Best Charmers, has offered um, to do us a video. So we, we want to do a live stream, I think. Um, I did a little poll on the Instagram. <laughs> and uh, I think the feedback was that, like, in winter, people do yeah, struggle to leave the house sometimes. Mm. Um, so... You know, it's dark and it's cold and it's wet and everyone's skint. So yeah. we thought that would be a really nice kind of way to share yeah. the music. Um, so we've got that in the, in the pipeline, um, and hope to do that over the next couple of months. And then we're gonna we're gonna wait and see. Um, but uh, Letham Nights is a really special one for us. Yeah, because that's where we had our first gig together. That's where right. my one of my first gigs after I'd done my EP pictures. That's where it was. And um, that was our first time singing together. So we had a few practices in your old flat in the West. And then um, and then we went for it. And yeah, it was a, a wonderful night. And, and that was supporting Rachel Sermani. And oh, both wow. of loved her music. So that was an absolute dream. Yeah, it was one of those gigs where it was like, is this for real? Like, <laughs> it was so magical. I can't even describe it. I mean, I'm sure Rachel Sermani, most of Rachel Sermani's gigs are probably magical. <laughs> she is so magical. But um, for us, we were like, it was just, it was midsummer. Mm -hmm. You could hear the like swallows and the birds and all that outside this town hall, which is really intimate. Mm -hmm. All my best mates were there, like my best mates' parents who run run the the gig. Um, but Letham Nights was set up to to get um, gigs to like local communities in Fife that are not, you know, down yeah. in the local pub to try and make it more of a to try and bring in more of the the surrounding sort of country, you know, mm -hmm. countryside. So um, most people drive to the gig and then you have a good time and yeah. off they go. Um, and when lockdown lifted enough, there was a they they the the town hall kind of wasn't up and running yet, but no. they had a little house gig. Um, oh yeah, the Farrells because they they they're one of the key people who run it, um, and they 
they had it in their garden. Um, and again, that was with Rachel Sermani. So that felt really special mm. for us because our first gig together was with Rachel. And then our first color theory yeah. songs, we, we tried out a couple of arrangements uh, for a couple of the songs. And uh, um, that was with Rachel yeah. as well. So Less of Nights was a very... Very special yeah, it's like the homecoming, home, isn't it? Yeah, like home, homecoming gig. And in February, Mila Mero's coming uh, to play with us. Yeah, uh, I know you're a, a fan of her as well. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I absolutely love her record. I was so chuffed when you featured it. Um, so Claire also played in Blockestra. Um, All right. So we all played in Blockestra together. Um, so um, she played the clarinet and sang in Blockestra. So um, I've known her since then. Uh, so we're really excited yeah. uh, that we'll, we'll all be playing in Lytham. So it'll be lovely. That's the 11th of February, isn't it? Yes. Mm. That sounds amazing. Fantastic. Thanks to both of you for taking the time to have a chat. I've really enjoyed it. It's been so lovely to see you. We'll need to have a catch up after excited. so that we can ask you some questions. <laughs> <I know. laughs> We've been no, talking absolutely. at you for half an hour. <laughs>